Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Welcome to the end of the year. Um, it You may look back and you may think, wow, what have we done this year? And the answer is nothing. Like, I don't want to lie to you guys. We didn't accomplish yeah. much, but we had fun, I'm pretty sure. And that's the most important part. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Um, counterpoint. Don't know uh, how you counterpoint. We had fun along the way, but okay. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. I don't think, I think, Craig, what are some things for our for our listeners who didn't have fun this year? Because there's going to be quite a few of them. What are things they can be grateful for? Yeah, sure. So if you're reaching the end of the year and you're thinking like, how do you justify the year that you've spent <laughs> being right. yourself right mm-hmm. okay like um, i didn't have fun but i need some way to frame it so it didn't feel like a waste yeah uh you didn't single-handedly cause the downfall of the most popular social media site you didn't go on an anti-semitic tirade hopefully hopefully you didn't do yeah. that um um you... those are kind of the two big ones um, I think as long as you don't do those two things, like... Also, you're, you're still you're, here. If you're listening yeah. to this, you made it. So points for survival. This is like levels of zombies in Call of Duty. So, like, you made it to the next round. Good luck. So you kind of, like, hit the big three. So, listen, the bar is on the floor, and you've passed it. And quite frankly, that's all we can ask of you. I mean, so I can ask of more, but I'm not trying to be disappointed. What how, what do you think is our most successful listener? What do you, think, do you like? What do you think they do, or how successful do you think they are? Do you think our like we definitely have some losers, like for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say they're the majority, but the number's got to be bigger than what thirty percent. I think a third of them are losers, <laughs> yeah. right around yeah. a third. Okay. So our most successful <laughs> listener is yeah. probably. The one that accidentally hit marked as played on the Spotify list as they were scrolling through podcasts, and that technically okay. counts them as a listener. Oh, yeah. Um, so our most successful listener doesn't listen to us. Yeah, they, they just clicked play on accident, and Spotify was like, we'll give you the play as, like, as a pity, as a pity download. Okay. Um, well, now that I think about it, we're kind of wrapping up the year in a little bit of a Debbie Downer note, so maybe I can look in the mirror and be like, maybe I'm the problem. Yeah. What if you're the most unsuccessful and most loser listener we have? The editor of I'm our podcast s- is the worst. Yeah, and I think that for this episode, it's everyone, because you've punched your microphone like four times. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I hate those jokes. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> Do you want to talk about our movie? Yeah, let's talk about the movie. In our final week of Christmas, we have descended upon my personal favorite Chris, Chris Pine. And we are watching the 2016 movie, a 2016 movie, Hell yeah. or High Water. If you don't want to hear us talk about this movie, you can go ahead and skip to this time code right here. Time code, 24 minutes, 35 seconds. Hell or High Water is, I'm going to say, the closest that we can get right now to, like, a, it's, it's pretty much a modern cowboy movie. It's like a modern Bonnie and Clyde, I, no, I think almost. If by, do you say modern 
cowboy as in it takes place in present day or that it came out present day and that it takes place in the present day i would think as far as movies are concerned maybe i don't know that feels like a stretch i'm just gonna believe you let's just i'll just i'm gonna (laughs) yes and this it's just this movie has such strong cowboy vibes um and i mean like bonnie and clyde is a little bit more accurate of a comparison so the plot of this movie is Chris Pine and Ben Foster play brothers. Ben Foster's character just got out of jail, out of being in prison for 10 years. He's been out for a year, and now him and Chris Pine are robbing banks serially. And the way that they're robbing banks is unique because they're going in like right before they open, and they only want once what's in the drawer. They want, and they also don't want any hundreds. They want small bills that can't be traced because they'd rather do a lot of robberies that are harder to trace than few heists that give them more money. Right. And so the movie is Jeff Bridges, the cop in charge of hunting them down. It's the duality of him hunting them down and the brothers continuing to rob banks. That's the movie. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the reason they're doing it is because their house, they took out a reverse mortgage on their house. Um, and if they don't pay it back, the ranch is going to be owned by the bank because um, there's a lien on it. So he's robbing it, taking the money to the casino, getting clean money. And then the casino writes a check to the bank to pay for the house. And because he cashes in chips and then turns the chips back in, he exchanges the dirty cash for chips and it looks like to the bank oh we just have a really successful guy who happened to gamble them enough money to get his house back um yeah. and that's the whole reason so they don't need a lot of money they just need enough money to pay back the taxes and the mortgage on the house so like 40 grand they need forty thousand dollars and he's only hitting the bank that took advantage of his family while his mother was sick so the reason she couldn't pay the taxes on the property was because she was hospitalized and then was in terminal care at their house for like five months. So he's only robbing the bank that screwed his family over. So it's like just yeah. personal. Yeah. And it then this all takes place in West Texas, very deep South. All the characters are like cartoonishly Southern. And that's kind of the vibe of this movie. Um, I was looking it up. The guy that wrote... The script for this movie, the screenplay for this movie, uh, went on to write all the Yellowstone shows. He's the creator of Yellowstone and 1886 and Tulsa King and Mayor of Kingstown. That makes a lot of sense. Um, And you get those vibes hard from this movie. This movie, ooh, it's, I mean, like I said, it is just a walking it's just a walking southern trope a walking cowboy trope yeah i don't i didn't feel that because that's what when i was in texas that's what texas felt like so i felt like the problem with texans is they're too much like the movies you know what i mean (laughs) it's like sure i mean the only examples i can think of are racist so (laughs) it's like thinking a group of people is just like the movies and then you meet one of them you're like wow I thought you were going to be different, but you're exactly like what I thought you were going to be like. So that's what I felt like watching this movie. Um, it very, it, West Texas is different than the rest of Texas. 
West Texas is literally like the Wild West, like that Wyoming vibe, that Montana vibe um, that you see in shows like, you know, Yellowstone and stuff. It's it's just like super remote. You have super small towns and no, everyone knows each other because the town only has like 600 people. They're either all homeschooled or the school has all grades in it, like one through 12. Um, so it's just super, super small town. So and they're only robbing banks in small towns because they don't want to deal with, you know, civilians. They don't want to deal with multiple tellers. They want to deal with like one or two. Um, so we only see a specific type of Texas town in this entire movie. And it, it didn't really bother me. It felt I mean, Chris Pine is so good in this movie. Also, this movie is nominated for like four Oscars. Yeah. Mm hmm. So Very it's a highly good rated. movie. It's a good movie. Um, I think if you like Westerns, you're going to love this movie. If you don't like Westerns, you could still like this movie. It is, I would say, equal parts bank robber movie as it is Western movie. This and was it's a not closer like, heist movie than it was than Jackie Brown was. So. But it doesn't feel like a heist movie. It feels like a bank robbing movie, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Heists are. There's a mastermind. There's a plan. There's multiple people. This is just two dudes walking in saying, give me the money from the, you know, the teller. And then they're driving out. So it's not, it doesn't have heist movie vibes. It just feels like, like that Bonnie and Clyde. were just going to rob people willy nilly. And I dug and, it, bro. Yeah. I really liked Chris Pine's character. And the movie does yes. this very specific thing where uh, Chris Pine's character is written to be liked. If you do not like Chris Pine's character, you are not going to like this movie. It is going to be a difficult watch. Also, if you but, don't like Chris Pine's character, there's something wrong with you, I think. But, I think it's a fair statement. Okay. But <laughs> Ben Foster's character is the is the holdout from this movie. He's uh, the antithesis. He's, if he's written to not be liked. He's going to be the guy that messes all this up. And so Chris Pine is very methodical. He's like, we go in before they open. We do the smart. We don't hurt anybody. We leave untraced. Bada bing, bada boom. And then Ben Foster's character is like, I go in because there's one across the street. We need the cash now. And I'm willing to hurt people. And I don't care about the consequences. And so that really places a divide between the two characters and I think an audience member could be like, hey, Tanner, you, it, which is Ben Foster's character. Hey, Tanner, you need to rein it in. Like, you have to remember you're doing this for a reason. You can't get caught. But then you could also reasonably be Tanner just doing what he thinks is appropriate. He's trying to get this done faster. He knows what he's doing. It's not a big deal. I mean, of the two, one of them has robbed banks before. Yes. So, but also of the two, the person that robbed the banks got sent to prison. So, I mean, you kind of also, here's the thing. One of them is doing it for the love of the game and the other one's doing it so that they can buy back the house and set up the land for their kids. Yeah. So, I mean, this whole movie is just full of dualities. And I was personally of the camp where, you know, Tanner was too much of a loose cannon for me. I got frustrated at him several was times. He, okay. I'm going to, let's break down what you just said. Is he too much of a loose cannon in the fact that you didn't like the character or too much of a loose ca cannon that he didn't seem believable too much of uh, like, what do you, what do he you was mean? Too I didn't like the character because okay. I understand. This is one of those things where I understand that conflict needs to exist in order to drive a movie forward. Um, this was one of those instances where I felt like Tanner was creating too many problems 
for him and his brother Toby for me to justify his reckless actions because if he's being reckless but he's able to like bring it together and still serve the purpose that's fine but he's being reckless and is like actively creating problems yeah i definitely feel that i think he's the bad guy in this movie because it's not the cops the cops it's like they're very relatable and you know like hey they're this is their job they have to stop the people robbing banks. Okay, that makes sense. You're also rooting for Chris Pine's character, Toby, because you're like, he's doing this for all the right reasons. He doesn't want anybody to get hurt. He's literally robbing the bank to pay them back themselves because they took advantage of him. So you're on both sides. You kind of just want Chris Pine to get away with it. But like, I get the cops are doing the job. So what it comes down to is Tanner's the one putting all this in jeopardy. He's going to be the one that A, gets them caught, B, gets somebody killed, or... Maybe we get all the way to the end and he has to give the money away or maybe everyone gets arrested. It's just like he's the one screwing this up. So he's the he's definitely the antagonist. Yeah. And so it was just kind of a little frustrating for me to watch all this tension build. And in my opinion, it didn't really go anywhere. Um, There were some really good scenes towards the end when the third act was kind of like really breaking down. But that all happened after Toby and Tanner got separated. Like, I felt like Tanner didn't really contribute much until he was holding off the cops to let Toby get away. And that really wasn't enough for for me to be like, yes, Tanner has been redeemed in my book. He is a well-rounded and good character. Okay, I think your language here is very confusing. Obviously, he's not a good character in the fact that he's a bad guy. Yes, I do think I, he's a good character in the fact that he's well written and you not you're not supposed to like him and you don't like him. If that makes sense? Yeah, I, I yes, I just I, I just didn't enjoy watching him do things. Is the problem? And like you could say, I'm not going to disagree that he's like well written and whatnot, but the kind of character that he was written out to be was not a character that I enjoy watching. So. Okay. So, like, entertainment-wise. Yeah, was a negative factor for me. And so when he's doing this final showdown with the cops, it's I I felt no, like, relational tension. So I'm I'm like, I just hope he lives long enough to let Toby get away. That was kind of the only thing I was feeling. Yeah, I think we all felt that. Like, when he started... The thing is, is he started... When he had a final shootout, he killed a person that's important to the movie. Yeah, important enough that I'm like, yeah, I don't care if anything bad happens to you. Before, I didn't care if anything bad happens to you. Just don't jeopardize the person we actually are rooting for. So, like, I was never on his side. He just happens to be the brother of the main character who I like. So, when it goes south for him, I'm on board. I don't care. I'm just, I'm, this is one of those movies that you don't know how it's going to end. Almost all high spank robber. When the main character is the bad guy, nine times out of ten, they either end up dead or arrested. So, like, you kind of know where this movie's going. Um, And it was just interesting to see how that played out. This, I have seen several Jeff Bridges movies. Um, I have not seen any of the Jeff Bridges movies that, like, made him famous. You're talking about R.I.P.D. I'm talking, like, Big Lebowski and stuff like that. I'm talking about the movies you have seen are all, like, mediocre at best. 
So I'm like, I've yet to see like a real big swing Jeff Bridges movie. I've yet, to, I have yet to see a movie where I see what everyone else sees in Jeff Bridges movies. Now, yeah. just so I'm, just so everyone understands where I'm standing at, the ones that I have seen are Iron Man, which to be fair, he's very good in Iron Man. Yeah, he's good. And then the other ones are this and Bad Times at the El Royale. Which, again, none of these movies are bad. It's just that these are all movies where I'm like, a different old white guy could have been this. Like, this movie is very similar to... There's a Woody Harrelson movie called The Highwaymen. It's about Bonnie and Clyde. Um, And it's about the police that are trying to catch Bonnie and Clyde. And Mm. I'm like... I've and so when I'm watching this movie, I'm like, I've seen a very similar movie to this before. Because Highwaymen, I think, came out that same year. No, it came out in 2019. So um I liked this I just, more than I like Bonnie and Clyde because I was rooting for more than one person. Nobody sure. okay, this is not true. Somebody was, but not healthy people. Very few people were rooting for Bonnie and Clyde because they were just killing people, like murdering people. So and yes. that highwayman you're following, obviously, like you said, the cops. I think this, I'm like, I'm kind of rooting for the bad guy, and I like the story of the police. So sure, I I, I, I enjoyed this more than I liked Highwaymen. Although the acting in Highwaymen was phenomenal. So um, both good. Movies this this movie doesn't have a lot of detective work. If that's something that you're interested in, when it comes to cops chasing bad guys, there's a good amount of it, but not a lot of it there's this has the that feels like real life detective work yeah like oh so yeah like, I, I feel like we, it's understandable how you came to these conclusions like he walks into one of the banks and he kind of just like gives a quick breakdown like they think that it's uh they think that it's people on drugs and he goes no it's not you know it's too early for it to be junkies it's uh and this is done too well. This is too smart. They're very clearly saving up for something. They're going to stop once they hit the amount that they're trying to get. And just like little bits of information like that. He's not doing like a Sherlock Holmes case breakdown or anything. But you yeah. do see little bits and pieces of like how he interviews witnesses and what he gains from. He doesn't really do a lot of crime scene, like any CSI work, but when he does like those little things um, like watching the videotapes and whatnot, you, you do get to see a little bit of that, but it's not a lot of the movie. Yeah. And I found that satisfying. Cause I always, every time I watch a movie and they're like, did you see that? And it's like, enhance, enhance, enhance. I'm like, this is too much. Sure. Yeah. These guys are Texas Rangers in a super remote part of Texas um, in the middle of freaking nowhere. They don't have the budget to be shipping away, you know, samples of stuff. They're just like doing their best with what they have. Yeah. And a lot of it is going off of hunches, you know? Yeah. Him and his partner are holed up at a Motel 6, just kind of hoping for the best. Yeah. Like, I guess we're just going to watch this bank. And guess what? That bank doesn't get robbed. They just watched it because he had a feeling. <laughs> so, yeah. and then they left. And I'm like, you know, I bet you that's most police work. As I thought, yeah. man, but I guess not. <laughs> um, I don't know if that also, makes for a compelling movie, but it feels very realistic. Yeah. Um, the Jeff Bridges' partner in this movie is uh, Gil Birmingham, who also played the leader of the werewolves in all the Twilight movies. Yeah, that's so, what he wants to be known for. 
So if you if you if if you need a Twilight connector to get you to watch a movie, there it is. That's it right there. <laughs> yeah, he was also in Wind River, which is like top twenty movie for me all time. Um, wow, very, that movie is very good. Very hard to watch. I have watched it once and can't watch it again, but it's a great movie. Um, yeah, this is a good movie though. Um, I enjoyed it. It deserves, I mean, it didn't win any of the Oscars, but I got nominated for four, so I'm glad other people liked it. Um, I'll, we can talk real quick. It got nominated for Motion Picture of the Year, Best Performance up by an Actor in a Supporting Role, which is for Jeff Bridges, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Achievement in Film Editing. It was fire. I dig it. It's definitely a vibe. You'll realize whether or not you like it early, like you said. Yeah. 15, 20 minutes. If you can't make it through 15, 20 minutes, it, the rest of the movie's just like that. The third yeah. X picks things up and I really enjoyed the third act, but don't suffer through the movie to get to the third act. Cause you're not going to care at the end anyway, if you don't, if you're not invested. Yeah. This movie does have, this is, I'm going to get into more spoiler territory. Now um, the final confrontation, I say confrontation in with heavy weight, the final conversation between Chris Pine and Jeff Bridges, where they're at his ex's house and they're just kind of like breaking down like what their relationship is about to be. Yeah. You know, having scenes like that is always nice. Um, and the scene where Chris Pine is getting his ID checked at that checkpoint. The movie does a very oh, good that job. Seems so good. The movie does a very good job at letting you know this is it. If he makes it past this, he's good. But he has to make it past this. So that whole it's like it's not long. It's. 90 seconds maybe it feels long on purpose yeah um, it feels like i don't i literally don't have a gauge of time 90 seconds feels too short but it's because like there's very little dialogue and too much suspense so that is a very good scene because it's totally it's a normal scene like it's one of those things where you don't have to be worried until you have something to worry about and hey guess what we had something pretty big to worry about in that moment yeah and everyone's just trying to read each other. That whole scene is just looking at people's faces, seeing if they know. And <laughs> this, just the shot of Jeff Bridges killing Ben Foster was, I hated that shot so bad. It was one of the least convincing, I just got shot by a high caliber rifle deaths I've ever seen. I was dope. I, I was down for the reaction. I don't. I'm not an aficionado. I don't know. I'm, I haven't seen too many dead people. Um, but like how bodies are post shot is I get picky about post shot. I don't care about it is as shot that I was like, you just got shot. Oh, I dug and it, you cut, it was just, he just, switch. he just like slumped over a little bit. Like it didn't even, it didn't even look like he slumped over the same direction that the bullet was would have carried him. Um, I had to watch it like twice and be like, this, this was a very was anticlimactic a death because you get a shot from his face and then he turns his face. And then the next shot, half a second in is the gun going off and you see the reaction. I'm like, okay, this is like, I think when you do quick editing like that, you can cover up mistakes and you don't have people staring at someone analyzing whether or not they got shot correctly, but something did feel off, but it's whatever, man It's whatever. This is nitpicking. I yeah. dug it. This movie's dope. I it's a vibe that I like. Um, I'm a big fan of bad guys for the right reasons. I mean, sure. that's, not, that's not something you should. But in a, in movie form, that's pretty sweet. I like it. I'm gonna give it 
a seven and three quarters. Okay. This movie is definitely a vibe. It's not a vibe I'm actively against, but it does have to work a little bit harder for me. Um, Just in general, Ben Foster's character was hindered a lot of my enjoyment of this movie. I didn't dislike it. It's cool. Um, But I was not fully intrigued the entire time. I, I think this sits at like a six and a half for me. Yeah, that tracks. That makes sense. All right. We're going to move on to our improv segment now. This is called From the Desk of PG News. Now, normally, we look at like headlines and stuff to give us the kind of topics that we do during our news coverage. Not only is this episode coming out like two and a half weeks after we're recording it, I also have stopped liking reading news headlines. So <laughs> I think that we're just going to pull from a more generic source. When it okay. comes to what kind of news we're going to be giving. Sure. I'm cool with that. Um, I'm trying to think of how this... Do you want me to give you a topic that we should start reporting on? Or do you just kind of want to see what feels right in your world? Let's just go for it, bro. I don't remember the last time we did this. So I'm going to be following your lead. But okay, so, I think so, just wing it. Okay. So the format of this is there's somebody at the desk. And then there's usually a field reporter that we cut to. And it's kind of like almost like an interview between the anchor and the field reporter. Okay. Hello and welcome back to the desk of permanent good news. I am your anchor Craig and we have our field reporter Alex Good out in the field. And uh, he's he's coming at us with a very big story. Something that we need to pay real close attention about. Now, Alex, can you tell us what is going down in the oil mining industry? What are you covering out there today? Uh, as you might know, Craig, um, it's really hard for these communities right now um, to be in the business of oil mining when there's so much going on with climate change activists. As you've seen all around the world, they've been vandalizing art museums and standing in front of traffic trying to draw attention to this industry of this small town here in Texas. They've been experiencing quite a few protests here in town, and many of these people are losing their jobs because of the interference of these activists i will say though as a result of this past weekend they're fighting back and when i tell you don't mess with texas i wouldn't advise any other protests or activists to come to this town because everyone is armed and um it's getting violent over here to be honest with craig um it's kind of scary um the governor's enacted a curfew and i don't know how this town is going to be affected in the long term now, uh, if I recall correctly from reading uh, that press release, the governor said that the curfew started at 4 p.m. and went until 10 a.m. How is that affecting the ecosystem and economy of the towns over there? Well, that's a long time. That means people have six hours to accomplish their errands and work. Um, all of the oil workers are ignoring it entirely and then just bringing weapons in their car. Um, quite a few of them have written on the back of their cars, pull me over. I dare you. So as you can tell, um, oil is big in this town and there's may, I think I've met all of the police department, uh, last week, there are six of them. So I don't know if they're well-equipped. Uh, and does this police department, all half dozen of them seem very enthusiastic to enforce this uh, state mandated curfew or what's their what's their uh, how, how are they feeling about that? Well, two of them I didn't get a chance to talk to because they were suspended for 
violence uh, against citizens. Um, one of them is the chief who's currently on vacation in Florida. Uh, so I had the chance to talk to the deputy who is also the bailiff for the courthouse and is also um, a volunteer fireman. So I talked to him real briefly in between jobs. Um, so I really only had time to talk to the two trainees and they're fresh out of the academy and they seem pretty gung ho about all this. They seemed like they were going to pull over everyone guns drawn and they were ready for a shootout. So like I said, would not recommend any visitors. Okay. Thank you very much, Alex. Uh, now I'm going to take it to my co-anchor and uh, he's going to introduce our next segment. Hello. Um, this is Alex. I know it's very confusing with the uh, other Alex we have on the field. Thank you very much, Alex. Yeah, no problem. Uh, can someone come pick me up? We'll, we'll get to you, Alex. Um, Craig, I, I see that your brother has joined our news station and he is currently in the field in Hawaii. Uh, can you tell us more about that subject, please? Yeah, absolutely, Alex. Uh, uh, I'm here in Hawaii and I'm covering a very important problem that has been plaguing the islands for a few years now. And uh, that is quite frankly the scooby dooification of the islands. Um, now, we've been running into a big problem here where not only is tourism just kind of a general problem on the islands, but the kind of energy that the tourists are bringing. Um, see, I don't know if you're aware, but um, there was a Scooby-Doo movie that came out uh, a few years ago uh, in 2005 called Aloha Scooby-Doo, and mm -hmm. it's kind of influenced a lot of the general public's perception of Hawaii, and they kind of think that they can just stroll up to the islands and just start playing private detective, and quite frankly, that's not how it works at all, even on the mainland. I don't know why they thought, you know, they could bring that kind of mentality here and they could just get away with it. And if I'm being quite honest, more crimes are going unsolved than before people started playing private detective. Um, last year we had, um, over in Hawaii, there was a 96% successful, uh, case solve rate, which is incredibly high. Just in general, and now that there are uh, people, there are members of the public that are trying to perform the same duties a la Scooby-Doo, that success rate has dropped all the way to 33%. As you can tell, that's a very drastic drop. Uh, Craig, a couple follow-up questions. Are you native to the area? No. Um, why are you there then? Because when we called you for this project, you were already there. And why are you dressed like that? Okay. Um... So like the blue shirt, the white, the white shirt is kind of, that's like the uniform. Right. And then, right. Th and then like the blue undershirt is just cause I don't, cause the white shirt is uncomfy. The ascot, the ascot's just kind of a fashion accessory and the blonde hair. I just heard that girls like blonde guys. So I kind of just took a swing in that direction. Uh, and I'm not trying to be picky. Please don't view this as dem uh, discrimination. I'm just trying to get more information on the story. Is that a Great Dane you have with you? Oh, um, you know, I've never checked. I just like, I kind of just like, he showed up one day and he asked right. if he could hang out with me. And I didn't, I'm like, I'm not going to say no to that, you know? Uh, and does this animal have any dietary preferences? Any, yeah, I don't know, treats? I'm going to be liked. so honest with you. 
He only eats cookies and huge hoagie sandwiches. Yeah, Craig, I'm going to have to cut your story short. We really thank you for uh, taking the time. Um, I think you might be hearing from us shortly. Am I part of the problem? You might be. The fact that you're a detective and you are just now figuring that out is concerning. Um, that's all we have for today. Uh, please join us again at 11 o'clock where we'll be talking about the insurrectionists and what you can do so you don't miss the next storming of the Capitol. All right. Thank you very much. Good night. Whew. We did that, bro. Yeah, we, we did, did that. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> on to our middle segment. Yeah, really no good way to transition after you just dropped that last bomb, but okay. Yeah. Okay. This is a middle segment. Normally, middle segments have preparation. This one is very little preparation. And quite frankly, it's a metal segment because I want to bring it back. And I and there's really no other place for me to put this in the podcast. All right. This is a simple segment that I'm calling Break It Down, where I realized I missed a big part of my life. And it's something that I need you to explain to me so that I can understand when it's referenced later on. Okay. Because okay. I have questions. Now, I asked you about this earlier today, so like you probably already saw this coming. Um, so I never read or watched Charlotte's Web, and I've been seeing so many... Like, I don't know why. I've been seeing a lot of references to it recently, and I'm getting to the point now where like I know the big beats, like something is about to happen to Wilbur, and Charlotte writes something in her webs... And then Charlotte yep. dies. That's all I know about Charlotte's Web. Um, first of all, there's a movie that came out in 2006. I literally just watched it last month with Willow. Basically, something that he is going to get slaughtered for meat, which is weird because he's not that big. And then she writes something in the web that makes him seem special and becomes so special and like renowned throughout the town that they can't kill him because he's drawing attention to their farm okay and then so, at the end she dies so charlotte writing something in the webs happens early in the movie or it happens the book? throughout the movie she writes different okay. things yeah okay because there's times where like oh there's big buzz she wrote like great pig or fantastic pig and then a month goes by and they're like all right everyone forgot about the pig time to kill him again she goes oh great i have to write something else and that happens throughout the book Hold on. Hold on. So this little pig's about to get slaughtered. And the best that Charlotte can come up with is great pig. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I'll look up what she actually said, but it's pretty much it. Um, also, all the animals can talk, obviously. Is um, this Okay, this is a point of contention. This is a conversation that comes up during Small and Tall at the end of this month. Is it like a Toy Story animal sentience or is it just the humans are given emotions like uh closer to inside out have you you've seen um what's the other pig movie dude pigs were big yeah it's like that where we can hear both sides they just can't hear it they can't understand each other it's a garfield situation got it although animals can understand humans human can't understand animals and all animals can understand each other yes so (laughs) yeah that's uh annoying is that, hold on, is that cows can't understand dogs, right? Obviously not, Craig. I just had to double check. It's one of those things that, like, I'm sure someone smarter than me has checked, but if, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, famed animal biologist, was like, 
yeah, dogs and cows can understand each other, I'd be like, sure, that tracks. Okay, um, Craig, I'm not going to lie to you. When I said great pig, what was actually written is worse. <laughs> the first okay. words that were written was some pig. So, um, okay, yeah. let me get this. Okay, I don't pay attention to spider webs in general. So the the leaps that I would have to go to to assume that these people are showing up, they're like, all right, let's kill this pig and they stop dead in their tracks see a spider web that says some pig and they're like well golly you're really making me think about what i do for a living well we'll get them next time well it makes the news because i it's a spider so four words four things are written some pig terrific radiant and then humble and that's it and it saves this pig's life cool follow up how does charlotte die uh Old age slash childbirth. Okay. So like, it's real nondescript, but like she writes humble, right? And then she says her goodbyes and stuff. And she has delivered the egg sack. And she's like, you need to take, she talks to a rat and says, hey, you need to take care of these, yada, yada, yada. Can you give these to Wilbur? Whatever. And then she dies. So it's like, she's already given birth to all the eggs, but the eggs haven't hatched yet. But it's just assumed that kind of that she's old. That she's, I don't know. It's never really gone into. Interesting. And people like this? It's a kid's book, bro. It doesn't have to make sense. Remember Captain Underpants? Diary of a Winky Kid? Okay, hold on. Captain Underpants made sense. They set ground rules at the very beginning, and they followed those rules to the T. Yeah, and the rules in this are there's a spider that draws, and the pigs can talk to each, and the animals can talk to each other. That's the only thing you need to know. And then things die in real life, so that didn't really need to be a rule that needed to be explained. So... Who was, who, spiderwebs don't garner public attention unless somebody brings it to the public. So is there just like a wayward reporter taking pictures of the barn and they're like, oh, well, whoa. It starts like the family being like, hey, let's invite the neighbors over. Check this out. And the neighbors are like, and then there's literally a scene in the movie where just like all of a sudden everyone in town is talking about it. Like a lifetime movie. <laughs> and then showing up at their house. At the farm. And then uh, someone calls the reporters after half the town is here. And then it makes national news. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Why not? And God, I have to look up when this book was published. Because if it was any earlier than 1945. Oh, it's I in might, the 70s. I. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We had better oh, things no, going Never mind. On. That was the second edition. The first one came out in 52. Okay. That tracks. All right. That makes sense. You know, we're still recovering from the Second World War. E.B. White's just out here thinking, what can I do to help the kids? The kids need to learn about what it means to be a good friend. I know a spider can write words. Yeah, dude. It's um, the writing is really well. Like the dot, like Charlotte is obviously the spider. Charlotte is like super wise. And like just spits bars the entire book. And like very book. motherly, right? Yeah. But she's like, the wisdom coming out of the spider is next level. Um, but I mean, it's, it's got controversy. Like at the end, she dies. And a lot of parents don't want their like young kids reading about death in their favorite book. Um, I mean, that's really the only controversy. Everything else is very, very mild. Oh, also <laughs> the fact that like one of the main characters is trying to get is trying to avoid getting eaten. That's another big one. (laughs) 
Um, um, I accidentally Googled Charlotte's Web, and apparently that's also a line of CBD, and now my search history is just going to be screwed forever, I guess. I guess. I think you need to watch the movie. It's on uh, Netflix. It's got Dakota Fanning as like the caretaker of of the pig. Hmm. Also, Julia Roberts voices um, Charlotte. And then Steve Buscemi's in there as well. Oh, dude, okay. I'm looking at this cast list. This is crazy. Julia Roberts, Dakota Fanning, Steve Buscemi, John Cleese, Oprah Winfrey, Cedric the Entertainer, Kathy Bates, Reba McIntyre, Robert Redford. This is freaking nuts. That That's pretty stacked. That is, in fact, pretty stacked. But, of course, this came out in 2006, so I didn't know who any of those people were. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, I just caught you up. Thank you for. I feel like I definitely understand whether I want, whether I like what I learned or not. I definitely understand it a little bit more. Dope. Um, well, let's get into our one hit. Um, this one's called "Aged Like Fine Wine" or our never predictions. And this is basically going to be like we're at the end of the year. We learned a lot from this year. We've learned a lot from our long twenty plus years on Earth. Right. We're just going to call out things we are never going to do, never going to do again. Um, never are going to see happen and just like in general things. So we'll find out either next year or a long time in the future when our listeners, you know, share this with the grandchildren, whether or not age like fine wine. Or, so this is like opposite resolutions, right? Things we are never going to do it again. Things that are never going to happen on earth. Things that we haven't done and are never going to do. Yeah. That stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm never going surfing. Sorry. Oh, losers bummer, and haters. Dude. I listen because in surfing there's two versions one that sucks and you go out there and the waves are small and stupid and you go out there and you're like I'm gonna surf and then you go out there and you're like actually I'm not never mind I'm just gonna like get pushed by a wave a little bit and then the second one is where you see waves like in surfs up and they swallow you whole and they're scary and that is not a spectrum that I want to live on I live on too many spectrums already that's fair. Well, in the spirit of surfing, I am never going cave diving. Never happening. Underwater cave exploring is not meant for me. It is never going to happen. I will go cave exploring. I will go diving. I am never going cave diving. It's not happening. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. <laughs> what was that movie you watched recently? 30, 33 uh, and a half 13 hours? 13 Lives. 13 Lives. Yeah. 13 Lives. I am <laughs> never going underwater in a cave ever. Oh, on that note, I'm sailing. I'm never sailing across the ocean. I watched Titanic when I was 10. That messed me up permanently. Okay, fair point, fair point. Dude, I am never going to own a pet that isn't a... I'm never going to own a mammal as a pet that's not a dog. Guinea that pigs, was a lot of qualifiers. Yeah. My only mammal pet is going to be a dog. I was going to throw in another rule, like I'm open to like turtles and fish and stuff. But I'm never having cats. I'm never having hamsters. I'm never having gerbils. I'm never having guinea pigs. I'm never having those weird animals that people get, like ferrets. I will say, this is probably going to be the most likely clip that you're wrong about. Of the things am, you've said so far, this is the closest one. Because you get six years from now, and you know you start arguing with your family about what kind of pet you guys get, and then you get down to the PetSmart and you see that hamsters are like $45, you're like, fine, I guess I'll do that. Nope. It's If it's going to be a mammal, it's going to be a dog. If you want to get something like a turtle that stays in like a terrarium, like 
80% of the time, I'm cool with that. If you want to get a fish where we just like don't even know when's the last time we fed it or when the last time we cleaned the aquarium, that's cool. But like, dude, my fa- my house is not turning into a farm, you know? I'm not dealing with that. Mammals just seem like more work. And like you assign personalities to them. And I don't want to deal with that. Well, you don't assign personalities to things. They usually come with them pre-installed. See, that, see that's the problem is you believe that mammals, all mammals in general have personalities. And I don't believe that. I think mammals are just like trying to live, bro. They don't have, they don't have time for personalities. Personalities <laughs> are the luxury. For- <laughs> they don't have time for it. The personalities That's the only thing luxury. that they have time for. They're domesticated no, they mammals. They they, they, they're not worried about survival. They roll up to their little water fountain. They drink and they're like, cool, I'm going to go do my own thing now. The 90% of their life is personality. I want to say, you know what? That's just, I'm just... Agree to disagree. What you got? Okay. <laughs> um, I, I am never. You know, we we were talking about hell or high water. I'm never gonna drive through Texas. That oh, sounds like it sucks. That's you're gonna do that, bro. You got a long like, life to live. I listen. I'm not against. I don't want to drive through the entirety of Texas. Like if I get to a point where I'm like driving cross country and I like drive through the panhandle or whatever, that's one thing. But like, I'm not driving through the meat of Texas to get to another place. Like I understand that. I think that's one of those things you'd have to go out of your way to do anyway. Like that would be, this would be a much bigger statement if you like lived in Louisiana, but you don't. So I think that's, this would be very easy to not do if that makes sense. and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with throwing out a few easy ones. Yeah. Um, I, man, some of these things I think about it. I'm like, you know, I might just do that just to see, you know, like a couple of them is like, I'm never going to have a garden. I don't know. You know, it doesn't seem like me, but like, I don't know, maybe I'll evolve or something. Um, oh, I am never owning Yu-Gi-Oh cards. It's never happening. Well, that's a shame. Yeah. Not only has it never happened, actually, that's not true. It's never going to happen again. Okay. Um, um, sorry. I. Are there any drugs you want to just say right yeah. now you're not going to do and then find out a couple years later that they're going to be really fun? That's the reason I'm not saying any of them. I'm, gonna, I'm done. I want to try some of this stuff. See, I thought you were going to say have worthwhile medicinal benefits. No, dude. <laughs> I can tell you with. A fair amount of confidence that I'm never going to be in a movie with Ricky Gervais. But here's the problem with saying you're never going to do it. If you get offered it, you got to be like, hey, man, it's going to come up. I was in a podcast and I'm never going to do a movie with you. It's because I didn't think I was going to be able to. He's going to be like, this is the most boring conversation we have ever had. Exactly. And I want to bring him down to my level. Ricky Gervais has been on that pedestal for too long. I want to knock him down to where I am. Okay. Well, in the spirit of things that are never going to happen. um, Oh, country I'm never going to. Actually, I, uh, that was hard. I was going to say Somalia, but that would be kind of dope. I would be down for Somalia. I'm going to pick a state right now I'm never going to go to. And it's going to be... Most of them are have like. I'll tell some, you right now. I if is I have state to you stay don't want to go night, to. If I have to stay the night in Wyoming, I've done something wrong. I think Wyoming would be really cool from a nature perspective. I'm leaning towards never going to Vermont, 
Whoa. I I know Vermont is the same thing. It's just like a nature thing. Yeah. So, I mean, New Hampshire's right there. Um, You are really struggling with something that you've put upon yourself. No one has asked you to do this. I'm going to call, I'm just going to say Arkansas. I have family in Arkansas, and I'm just not going to, I'm just going to say Arkansas. Okay. Well, hey, that brings us to the end of this bit that was going nowhere fast. So we're just going to call it here. This was aged like fine wine. Alex, what was the first thing you have for freeballing? Um, I watched a bunch of Christmas movies to wrap up December. I watched four of them, and I'm just going to give you my little review on each one. Um, starting from the oldest movies to the newest movies, I watched A Christmas Story, the one from like 83 or whatever. Um, I have to give each one of these a ranking for being a Christmas movie and being a movie. Almost across the board, as a Christmas movie, things got two points higher than as a regular movie because it's nostalgic. It's playing on the holiday season. There's like more sentimental like themes and stuff. So like things just score higher for Christmas movies. Also, most Christmas movies are bad. So like when something's bearable, it got higher. Um, Christmas story, I gave it 8.25 on a Christmas scale. I think as a movie, it's a six and a half. It's a okay movie. Um, some parts are boring. It's like, it's like a kid's movie. Like, little rascals and dennis the menace it's just like a movie from a kid and home alone except home alone's better um it's just a movie from a kid's perspective that's around christmas so there's funny parts but as like a story arc as a cohesive movie it's just all right but as a christmas movie it's a classic which is why i guess that 8.25 so i watched the guillermo del toro pinocchio on netflix yes mm-hmm. that movie's good alex it's i'm not gonna that movie is going to be coming up again in two weeks when wow, we, it's when we bring up. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely the front runner, I think, for best animated picture mm-hmm. for this year. Um, it's stop motion and it is gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And also, this is my favorite version of Pinocchio that I've seen. I am not a Pinocchio fan. Of, like, the classic fairy tales, that one has never made my top ten list. I've never been a Pinocchio guy. This Mm -hmm. one made me care about it. I like it a lot. It adds a really interesting twist that I don't know if this is part of the Pinocchio lore or not. I've never seen this before, where Pinocchio can die. And when he dies, he goes to, like, the spirit realm. And he can return back to his body after he has spent X amount of time in the spirit realm. But every time he dies, the time he spends there gets longer and longer. So he can go and be reckless with his life knowing that there is a price to pay for it. Um, And I think that's a really cool aspect to put into this movie. And I liked it a lot. It was a very cool theme. Um, It's very lighthearted despite the incredibly dark theme I just threw upon you. Um, (laughs) And it does a very good job. There's lots of dark themes in this movie. Like there's, I think the entire second act of this movie is about the great war, about world war one. And, but it still manages to tell like a war story from an optimistic child's point of view. And I thought that was really cool. 
uh, Ewan McGregor is the cricket. Love him. Great oh, job. Nice. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, Finn Wolfhard is uh, one of the boys that Pinocchio meets along the way. And Kate Blanchett is a monkey. And if you need any more cast descriptions, no, you don't. Um, the music is also really good. Like I said, the animation is gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. It's sitting at like eight and a quarter for me. Nice. Um, next, I'm going to do Christmas Chronicles with uh, Kurt Russell. My parents loved this movie. They watched this it. Movie they really enjoyed it. This movie freaking sucks. This movie's bad. <laughs> this movie's not good, bro. It's not good. Um, Kurt Russell's the only... It's Kurt Russell and then Lamorne Morris. Um, so those are the only two celebrities I recognize. The kid acting blows. Um, the whole premise is very much like the Tim Allen Santa Claus. Is Santa Claus is going about his merry way. And then the kids screw it up. And the Santa Claus, Tim Allen version, obviously Tim Allen, you know, yells when Santa's on top of his roof, he falls. And now he's Santa Claus. This is the kids jump into a sleigh when he's not paying attention. And then he doesn't realize it till he's flying through the air. And then his reindeer get away. The sled falls from the sky. He loses his hat. And the kids have to like make, like just have to find his sleigh and no, find his reindeer and you know you have to believe in christmas again and santa gets arrested it's not good bro it's yeah, just you not could not, not care good. less it's it's the most mediocre christmas movie as a christmas movie i'm giving it a flat six as a regular movie this is a four wow like if this wasn't oh. a christmas movie you and I would be roasting it to pieces. And you know what the crazy thing is? Is they came out with a second one. Yeah. And we Goldie Hawn's in the second one. Oh, she's in the very... So they're married in real life. Yeah. Um, This is like Kate Hudson's stepdad and her brother's in it. So she's literally the only one in the family not in it. Um, the, Dude, sequels have a terrible track record. Um, You couldn't pay me enough money to watch this. I mean, that's not true. I'm not going to watch the second movie. The first one was rough, bro. I didn't want to watch it. We got, we didn't, you don't have to get very far in at all to be like, oh, I'm either into this movie or not. But acting almost across the board is bad. The script almost across the board is bad. There's just like mayhem that goes on. It's one of those things that are like, all right, um, we got 15 minutes through the story. Nothing's happened yet. Uh, let him steal a car. Uh, we got 15 minutes through the story. Nothing's happened yet. Let's uh, have some magic go on in the jail cell. Well, it's been another 20 minutes and nothing's happened yet. So, and it's just like that throughout the entire movie. Like nothing really is cohesive or makes sense. It's just like things happen over and over and over again. Like something new. Not about it. Would not recommend. It's on Netflix if you really want to paint yourself. But like I said, six out of 10 Christmas, four out of 10 movie. That is, wow. All right. Um, I watched The Fablemans, which is another Oscar frontrunner. Um, yep. It is... Uh, written and directed by, or it's written by Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner and directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, it's pretty much autobiographical on Steven Spielberg's life. It's, you know, loosely based on what Steven Spielberg's like adolescence and him learning to love movies and just him growing up in general. This movie I think is very cool because it starts as a movie about movies and you think that's what it's going to be. You think, Oh, 
this is another once upon a time in Hollywood. But then you get right. like 30 minutes into it and it becomes a lot more than that. The the idea of loving movies kind of becomes backseat to uh, just a general coming of age story. And if coming of age stories aren't really your thing, I can understand why one wouldn't love this movie. I am a sucker for a good coming of age movie. And I really like it. This is one of those movies yeah. that is a meal. This is one of those, you're going to watch it like once every five years because it's two and a half hours and it's slow, but it's like powerful. All the relationships in this movie develop throughout the entire, it takes the whole movie to develop every single relationship in it. So just something that I really liked was how a character felt about someone was not how they were going to feel about them by the end of the movie. Or maybe it was, or or maybe they will feel the same way, but we're going to take lots of twists and turns to get there. So I think more than anything else, this is just a really cool character study on a family in the late 50s and early 60s. Um, I really like Paul Dano in this movie. I did not like him in The Batman, so I was expecting to not like him in this either. I really Mm -hmm. did. I really liked him in this movie. So this is this is a big plus for Paul Dano for me. Michelle Williams is fantastic. She solos this movie hardcore. She is so oh, good in this movie. Um, it, I really... It's one of those movies where it, it relies so much on the relationships that I can't talk too much about it. It's just really one of those things that you need to like eat and just soak in this this whole experience it's a big watch it really is but i found this movie incredibly fulfilling which is not an emotion that i feel frequently when i when i watch movies i very rarely do i walk away fulfilled but this movie did that for me uh so this probably sits at eight and a half again we're gonna be circling back to this movie in a few weeks oh um Next on the list is the 2019 movie Klaus on Netflix. This one's on and my list. I've heard so many good things about this. It's amazing. It's amazing. This movie, first of all, visually, stylistically, as an animated movie, this movie is it's so awesome to watch. It's just pretty, dude. Like it, it's one of those things that it's almost as close as you can get to like turn off the volume, read the subtitles, and you can just look at things. Oh wow! It's I just like the art style. It's not something you see very often. Everything is just pretty. Um, so I liked it a lot. The characters are dope. Um, Jay, the voice of Jay Jonah Jameson is Santa Claus, bro. So, I mean, and then everyone else is like nice that they're in it, but he's the most recognizable voice. He's the one who's actually using his voice. JK Simmons. It's like obvious it's him, but like Will Sasso's in it. Rashida Jones is like the love interest. Um, John Cusack is in it. So like there's other pretty good voice actors. Um, Jason Schwartzman is the main character, Jasper, but like you're there for JK Simmons voice, but like the themes are dope. It's something you've seen before. It's definitely not original. It's not super original, but it's pretty. It's well executed it gets in and gets out in a reasonable time. Um, it's an hour and 36 minutes long. So like it, I feel like it didn't overstay its welcome. It didn't 
it just it was a good watch man i think if i'm gonna have a holiday tradition of watching a christmas movie this would be like in the top three it's oh, wow. so good dude it's 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 a, it's a dope movie i liked it a lot i'm giving it a nine and a half out of ten as a christmas movie it's freaking phenomenal yeah. and as just a regular movie i'm giving it an eight out of ten that's good i'm gonna i'm gonna bump that closer up on the list then i, I yeah, gotta get around super to easy it. watch definitely recommend I watched, pivoting completely, uh, the 1996 Matilda movie. Oh, uh, there were, dude, that movie scared the crap out of me as a kid. They're releasing uh, uh, a film version of the musical. Uh, mm-hmm. By the time this episode is out, it will already be out. So I'm like, I've never seen the original Matilda. I should get you, around to whoa. that. Did you know so, anything about the story before you watched it? Here's what I knew. Danny okay. DeVito was a bad dad. Matilda yep. has magic powers. That's what I knew going into it. The okay. magic powers, mm-hmm. so not important to the movie. I thought yeah. that was like a big part of the movie. It comes up at the end of the second act, and that's kind of it. It's more that she's just smart. Yeah. Yeah. So Matilda, if you're unfamiliar, is a Raul Dahl book about a little girl in an abusive household who's too smart for her own good, quote unquote. And she just like is super kind hearted and she has a teacher that takes a liking to her. And the teacher is like, Hey, let, uh, Hey, let me help you get out of this bad place you're in. But everyone else is like, no, don't help her. So it's like this very kind hearted teacher and this very, and this, uh, well-meaning little girl, just like overcoming the absurdities and the narcissists in their life. And it's, it's it's a very cute movie. This movie is unapologetically cartoonish, and I love it. Because there are little details, like um, Matilda plays a prank on her dad where she glues his hat to his head, and the thing that she uses is a tub of super, super glue, and the second super is in all caps. And I'm like, <laughs> that's, ve- that's very funny. That big fan of that. Um uh trunchbull in this movie was terrifying to me yes absolutely and i've known i've heard tell about that chocolate cake scene i get it now that scene is hard to watch it's rough dude that little mummy thing in the closet where she makes kid dude that scared me dude everything about it when she picks up the table or like is looking under the table and she's hiding and she's just like tracking her down. Everything about her was scary. Um, yeah. Dope movie though. Great movie. Yeah. Probably like seven and a quarter. Yeah. Pretty it's good. Good stuff. It felt like a hold held hold up. Held yeah. up. Hold up. Held up is the phrase you were looking for. Felt like it. Yeah, man. Who knows? I didn't pass anything. Yeah, it does. Cool. It it does hold up. I like I liked it a lot. Okay. And to wrap up mine, I watched Spirited. The Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds Christmas movie. Can I make a quick prediction? Sure. You hated it, but you'll know I love it. I Yeah, I know you're going to love it. I didn't yeah. hate it. It is a musical that's very self-aware of the fact that it's a musical. Like people are like, oh, we're singing again. Like it's one of those things. It feels like a trope because it's not the only movie that's done that. I liked how they did it. Although some of the songs, I mean, gets old, but like. It's all right. It's an all right movie. It's got the Ryan Reynolds humor in it all over the place. Um, it's a twist off of a uh, Christmas Carol with like the ghosts of the past, ghosts of the present, ghosts of the future, the whole thing. So like, it's just a twist off 
off of that. And they talk about it. They mention Charles Dickens quite a few times in this movie. It's very, very, very self-aware. This movie is also too long. Like it's impossible to know where the first, second, and third act are because like there's a billion different conflicts and we're always trying to solve a different person's problems. So yeah, Christmas movies that run over two hours, like that, that's a big gamble. It's two hours and seven minutes. It's PG 13. They're swearing all over the place. Um, so Will Ferrell is the ghost of Christmas present and Ryan Reynolds is the person they're trying to change. The problem is, is Will Ferrell has a whole story arc and issues and Ryan Reynolds has a whole story arc and issues. And we have to tackle both of them around the same time. And that doesn't really start till the second act. And by the time you get to the second act, you're like, this movie should be halfway over and you just got started. So it's just a lot. I think as a Christmas movie, I'm giving it a seven and a half. As a regular movie, it's five and a half. Like, I'm not going to watch this again. And I would only recommend it to people who I know are going to like it. And I think most people will find this movie mildly annoying. And the only reason they're watching it is because it's got celebrities in it. Like Octavia, Octavia Spencer's in this. She could have been played by anybody. They were just trying to get names, you know? Um, it's all right. You should watch it, but I'm not recommending it to most people. Okay, fair enough. Well, that wraps up the end of our year and the end of this episode. Next week, we're starting a new theme. We're going to be watching movies that shaped us, which is different from our favorite movies. I cannot express. You might think that they're the same thing, but they're not. Yeah. These are movies that we watched as a kid that I that just kind of like we can trace back to like for I informing a this. lot of our personality. Yeah, like this made I wanted to be like this person when I was older or this was this was the role model I wanted. This is who I wanted to be like. This is the movie I watched over and over and over again as a kid and I thought I was like them. Like that kind of stuff. That's what we're going for in this this month. So, I'm going to have a month Alex is going to have a month. We're starting off strong. We're going to be watching Sky High. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I haven't watched this movie in so long, and I loved it growing up. But that's next week. That's next year. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mom I said hi. See you next week. See you next year. (laughs) 